It's time for JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knights. It's Big Boy Radio. JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a beautiful, doesn't it feel like summer out here, Raider Nation? What a day in Vegas. The wind's going to blow like it did during the draft, but not today. It is a glorious day. 83 degrees with a high of 94. It must be May, Cinco de Mayo, for all of our brothers and sisters who celebrate, we celebrate here today. Call in with a Cinco de Mayo call. Raider Nation, is this your holiday? It's one of your holidays along with the 4th of July, New Year's Eve. Call in today if you're Raider Nation and you're celebrating with a Modelo or you're kicking back at PT's, best happy hour in town. How would you like to go to PT's today? Five to seven, half-price drinks during Cinco de Mayo, the perfect storm as we open it up. PT's fuels the monologue and gets me going here every day on a busy day today, and I'm excited about it. Josh Jacobs, the Raiders reached out to me, won him on today to promote his football camp that's coming up. It will not be a deep dive into Josh's contract. That's what they want to do. I open up the door. I will ask a question on his status and what he thinks going forward, but it's more about getting people and awareness out to Josh Jacobs' football camp, which is a big one, and it's another great example of what Josh does in the community, not only what you're aware of, but the things you're not aware of, of what he does in the community. Interested to talk to him? I don't remember the last time I've interviewed him. It's been over a year, well over. Maybe Bobby said maybe two years because of the access that we don't have with COVID, and he just doesn't do a lot, period. But he does a lot of private community work, which makes him very unique and important to this organization. On the field, obviously, as an outstanding player, but off the field in what he does. So we had to move that back to 1.30. That opens up this hour. So this hour, I'm pretty wide open. I have Lee Hacksaw Hamilton at the top of next hour. Uh, he's the genius of Southern California. The guy is a He's just brilliant with NFL opinion, so we'll have a bunch with him. We mostly stick with the AFC West, and we get rolling with him on that coming up. And if you want to get in today, it's 702-365-9200. Today's Daryl LaMonica's funeral. Up there, there's Raider royalty up in his town, and a lot of a lot of Raider legends are there as we speak. I have the live feed of it, and I'll be looking at it today. But uh, we can also say goodbye to Daryl LaMonica again today because today is the day he's being laid to rest, and there's dignitaries in town from Notre Dame, from the Raiders, from the NFL. Big deal. I mean, Daryl LaMonica was one of the greatest players in AFL history. Right there with all the legends who played a two-time MVP and a legendary Raider who the Davis family deeply cares about, as they do with all the former players and members of their staff. But today's uh, Daryl LaMonica will be getting laid to rest as we speak, as his services are going on. So a couple of things I want to get to as we open it up. We had a really cool exclusive with Dave Ziegler in studio the other day, and a lot of people heard it, and more and more people are reaching out to me about it because not nothing to do with me on how sharp he was. And he took us through this journey of how they got the move for Devontae Adams and then how it changed their board. That's it. That was pretty cool to me because a lot of, I went back and listened to that part of it. And when Dave was talking about, look, they, he doesn't come from that background. 
of blockbuster deals, paying someone the most of all time and giving up draft picks. That wasn't his background. But when they decided to do it, it really changed the building, the value of the position, the value of other positions, the money he has to allocate to other players, the contracts he didn't extend and all that, the the players that he drafted and what he was able to do. So that changed everything with Devontae Adams. And I really enjoyed how he took us behind the curtain and told us that. Now going forward, I was thinking about what's a good topic to talk about today. There's a few of them. Remember, this is the Raiders offseason. As long as no one blows out a knee, gets in a car accident, does something stupid, which they tend not to do, but we remember last year, offseason topics are interesting because during the season I work six days a week, all day Sunday, and Monday to Friday, and it's not a hard job. I don't have to put out oil fires. I'm not a, a police officer. I'm not a member of the military. It's a very easy job, but in the offseason, I don't do a lot of lame stuff. It's not low-hanging fruit, poll question garbage. Not on this show. So when I, when I give a call to action, I like when you jump in here now. Uh, and I'm going to open up with this today because it's post-draft. And as I dove into the draft picks and I looked at undrafted free agents and who they added, My opinion is now the offense is closed. It's closed other than one offensive lineman. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. They went out and they have a room of running backs so crowded that a running back is going to have to sit outside the door with the door open to look into the meeting. So they are loaded at running back. Why? I think a Josh McDaniels offense has a lot to do with an unsung running back, Patriots, Super Bowl champ, plug in, making plays on third down. Make it on a second and seven, it's always Brady. How many years? Brady just throwing, picking up the first? No. There were times when Brady saw, let's, let's check down to a run, and it was wide open. Why? Because everybody thought Brady was going to tear him apart downfield, and they were so damn scared of Tom Brady that they were 30 yards deep. You watched all those games with me. The Patriots won six Super Bowls with Brady. And how'd they do it? They did it with balance. Balance. And that's the problem I've had with past Raider regimes here with my friends who were calling the plays, either the coach or whatever it was. I did not like the balance. I thought that the Raiders, since they opened up Allegiant Stadium and we saw a year without fans and a year with fans, I think they've been way too predictable with the running game. And so do you, because that's what you call me on all the time and and go nuts on is those obvious first downs run it into a pile, no game, and it's second and nine and everybody's sitting in the upper deck going, what was that? What was that? And then other plays when, you know, they should have attacked downfield. If you question Derek checking down, when they were throwing for it, were they throwing short of the third down? When Derek was throwing on third down, most of the time he's throwing past the markers. When he doesn't, it gets crazy around here. Because it should be. Jim Plunkett always threw it past the third down marker. Derek mostly does that. But now Derek has the ability with these running backs and the depth of the tight end position with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. And then he has the best young slot receiver in all of football in Hunter Renfro. And then on the outside, they have three three wide receivers, including Edwards, Robinson, what they have on the right, and Deontay, uh, Devontae by himself on the left. So they're loaded. The only thing that I think is available is one position, right tackle or some type of hybrid of both the guards. So who's ever the best player is going to play on this team, which is great. You want a storyline for camp? 
It's not going to be the typical, hey, Richie Incognito, when he's healthy, he's going to come back and blank. No, no, Richie was never available. Great guy, once a Raider, always a Raider. But how many times you go into a game saying, is Richie going to come off IR this week and play? Who's going to play left guard? Who's going to play right guard? Oh, we're moving Leatherwood inside? Who's going to play right tackle? That will be done right after June 1st. Everybody's going to be coming into camp. I'm predicting. I've been right on a lot of this stuff lately. I think they're going to get a high-profile name on the offensive line. I asked Dave Ziegler about it. Not a particular player, but what could happen June 1st. And you know that the Raiders are going to get another guard slash tackle that's going to come through the portal because something's going to happen with the team. And I think the Raiders are going to have to be really quick to pounce. Their medical is going to have to be clear to pounce to know the player has something left. But what I was telling my dad, I talked to my dad every day, and he listened to the Dave Ziegler interview. Never heard of him. Didn't know who he was. Why, why would my dad know? And I was talking about it, the, the interview with my dad because he listens. And he said, wow. He goes, what I think is interesting now, it sounds like the Raiders have a lot of depth. And I said, well, Dad, that's interesting you say that. I think they have a lot of depth on offense. They got a lot of depth at running back. They got a tremendous amount of depth at wide receiver. I think they got a lot of depth at cornerback, too. I mean, if Mullen coming off his surgery, if he's healthy, Rocky Asin, Everett, who they brought in, there's players there. It's not like they, it's not like they have to sign a certain player. They got a lot there. They seem to be okay with linebacker. They seem to be all right with linebacker. Remember, the linebackers that have come in out of nowhere, Perryman was one. And then you look over the years, Nicholas Morrow, who they thought was the white from UNLV. I, I like Micah Parsons. That's the linebacker I want around here. I want an elite, superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably can do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. You know, when you looked at Minkovich and you looked at the Teddy Bruschi, I think Teddy Bruschi should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I always bring that up, and Bobby's nodding with me. If you look at how good Teddy Bruschi was, he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. But he should because of all the Super Bowls he won. Man, he played in all those winning seasons. Then he made massive plays in the playoffs. Then he made unbelievable plays against Peyton Manning, the best of the best in the AFC Championship game. And then he got all those Super Bowls. I'm like, how's Teddy Bruschi not in the Hall of Fame? The guy was unbelievable. He was as valuable. That's the type of guy that the Raiders have to find. And they tried that with Kwiatkowski, and that's not working out as he's getting a look, I think, by Atlanta, I thought I read. And, and maybe there's a linebacker because Perryman was really impressive last year. Wow. To get a Pro Bowl year out of him, a lot of credit to Gus Bradley on that pick. That was a really good move. He lined up well. He got banged up at the end of the year. He wasn't elite in pass coverage, which is something they have to find a way to now develop Divine Diablo and the rest of those linebackers. Or Nate Hobbs can play a lot more. Nate Hobbs should be on the field. if Nate Hobbs is on this team. Let's throw that out there for a second. If Nate Hobbs could stay out of trouble, which I hope he can, if Nate Hobbs is on this team, I wouldn't take Nate Hobbs off the field, would you? I'd have Nate Hobbs in there every play, other than to get a breather. He, he can run nickel. He can run dime. He can play. He's got skills like a linebacker at times, and he can cover, and he has good makeup skills. That's a player that a lot of people aren't talking about because Nate Hobbs put himself in some bad situations, and now Nate Hobbs, under the new regime, has got to prove that he's going to be a Raider long term. But damn, I like the way he plays. So 
the offense to me is loaded. I mean loaded at the level of Kansas City. Loaded at the level of Tampa Bay. This is one of the best offenses ever on paper. Would you agree in Raider history? Because other than Jerry Rice, who was at the end of his career and productive, and Tim Brown in the prime of his career, when Timmy was in his prime, Devontae Adams' skill set is as good as anybody other than Tim Brown in his absolute prime and Jerry Rice in his absolute prime. Raiders have never had a receiver like this. Never. I mean, and then before that, obviously, Bolitnikoff and Branch and the legends who were here, Warren Wells, people for a short period of time. But come on. I mean, there's been no one like Devontae Adams. The production is insane. The skill set is crazy. So I think the offensive room should be closed for radio purposes. Now the defensive side. As I went through the draft picks, I thought they've done a great job at loading up on this defensive line with two tackles, one from LSU and one from Tennessee in the draft. They got to play. Okay, I'm standing up now. They have to play. This is not the world of Jelly Ellis anymore. I don't want Jelly Ellis's, who I love. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Nice guy. The, the tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be. One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. So I'm counting on one of the two tackles from LSU or Tennessee to be an all-down player. Obviously, you bring them out, bring them off the field on third and long, whatever you decide to do. And one of those two guys is so damn good that Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are looking at him in the huddle going, oh, my God, this is like a young blank. This player is going to just change everything for us. If they nail that defensive tackle position with the fourth or fifth round pick, and they can get him to play a lot, that's going to be a really big deal. Because I thought the Raiders played really well last year at the defensive tackle position. All of the guys who got a chance to play, Phylon, Hankins, when you looked at the middle, those guys were good. They were good. They're not Pro Bowl level, but they played their ass off in some big games. Phylon in the Charger game? Are you kidding me? Some of the, some of the performances were great. So the call to action today at 702-365-9200 is after the draft, post-draft, what is your one sense of urgency? Raider Nation, what is the position? You can give me the position group, the absolute player, or the position that you think is a sense of urgency right now? Because I like my radio show to be urgent, right? Only two hours here before I do another one. I got to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Because I waited with this question until after the draft. Because I don't think there's a sense of urgency at defensive tackle after the draft. You better not say running back. So that I'm not going to take your call on quarterback or running back. We got like 11 running backs. I mean, they're all good. So running backs closed. I think the tight end door is closed. There's no need to call in on slot receiver because we have Hunter Renfro. And there's no need to call in on tight end with Darren Waller. And there's no need to call in on wide receiver with Devontae Adams. And there's no need to call in on the kicker and the punter. They're elite. So what is the sense of urgency, if you're a Raider fan today, on the one dream type of move they need to make post-June 1st? 702-365-9200. Again, as we wake up this time slot again. Very sleepy around here lately, which is fine. You don't have to be intimidated. You're not going to get hung up on. But we have a higher level. We have a high level of what we want to do here. And to take your calls on that. 
So again, for, for for me, the sense of urgency is linebacker and a strong safety, depending on what happens with Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram is a excuse me a huge topic on the show all the time because one we pull for him we want him to do well only have good things to say about him as a person but the issue becomes with him he cannot be on the field as a liability and a lot of his career with the Raiders you know he makes a play and no one gives him any credit but man when he's a liability and they attack him downfield and they catch him in no man's land you know that no man's land where the safety kind of comes up to stop the run, and all of a sudden there's a there's a tight end going by him, and there's no one there, and there's no recovery. Uh-oh, that can't happen under Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels anymore because that didn't happen much. That did not happen much with the Patriots. So linebacker, lockdown corner could be coming from the distance. As I remind everybody, happy Cinco de Mayo. And don't forget to celebrate with our friends at Remy Martin. The original margarita recipe that my wife uses often when people are in my backyard. Margarita Sands, you got to mix it in. It's got to have Cointreau in there. Two ounces of tequila, fresh lime, no salt. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone, from our great partners at Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. I had an ice-cold botanist gin. Ice cold the other day. Kind of tricking me. Tricking me saying, could this be my new go-to? Just with a lime, a little botanist on ice, Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Others, oh, with the Brady, we got to play this every hour. Uh, Brady, Tom Brady broke the internet today because he said the tuck rule was a fumble. It was a TikTok video with a fan, so listen to this. New trend alert. Tell me something honest. The tuck rule game against the Raiders. Might have been a fumble. So Brady put that out today. It was a fumble. It's the immaculate deception, the blank rule, as we know, the tuck rule. And Brady's having fun. He did that documentary with Charles Woodson on it. It was a fumble, obviously, if you looked at it. And Brady's having fun with it now because this is another example of Brady doesn't owe New England anything anymore. Nothing. I mean, Brady owed New England everything. And Belichick and Brady, remember that ridiculously dumb topic? Who's more valuable, Brady or Belichick? And, you know, 51%, 49%. Brady now, other than Mr. Kraft, Robert Kraft, he owes nobody anything in Boston and New England anymore. He's building a mansion in Miami. It seems like he's going to the Dolphins. It really does. If you follow this, it seems like he's going to play out one more year here and then go to the Dolphins if Stephen Ross can keep his job and be – a little bit of a minority owner, live down there and help the Dolphins. So all these little, all these little the tuck rules of fumble, it's all a nice little slap at the Patriots who doubted him. They doubted him at the end. Why not? He was in, was he, 43, 42? They doubted him, just like the Packers doubted Aaron Rodgers, and they got the last laugh. Think of that for a second, everybody. Two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, were recently doubted by their organizations. Green Bay drafted Jordan Love, thought that Aaron Rodgers was done, done, like finish. Oh, all he did was go back-to-back MVPs. He's making $50 million. Packers look ridiculously stupid, and they owned up to it. And then the Patriots, who were questioning Tom Brady, wondering how much time he had left instead of just leaving him alone, and now he's laughing at the Patriots going forward. 702-365-9200. Joel in beautiful Monterey on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening, Joel? 
JT, good afternoon, man. Thank you for having me on again. Thank you. Um, it, it is it is paradise. It is paradise. But let's not dally. You got to keep me on point because, yeah, you know, I love your intro. I always love your intro. You always come so strong, and I'm not trying to kiss your ass because you're the host. But you got to recognize the true things. Um, you get me all geeked up on my urgency. You're teasing me, bro. You're teasing me. Just, well, I got all geeked up on adrenaline. I'm up next, and then you keep bringing the goodness. Well, listen, hey, Daryl LaMonica, because that's the topic, right? Yep. Rest in, rest in peace, Daryl. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Daryl was my first guy. He was, uh, my Raiders love began in like 74. So mm-hmm. he was the first guy throwing for me. So mad respect. Uh, my ladies' people are in Clovis, and I love Clovis. Mm-hmm. love that area. Um, we got that Fresno connection with our Bulldogs, right? Blackjack, uh, whatever they're calling them, uh, DA and D.C., but uh, recognize, you know, just Daryl and Monica, thank you for all that you did, that you are to the nation. Uh, those of us, it, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, but those of us that know, know it was a fumble, so we can just move past that. Um, but, you know, Jay, thanks for having me on, man. All right, I appreciate it, my friend. Monica. Thanks. Rest in peace, brother. Today was actually my dad's birthday. Rest in peace, Pops. Nice. Um, go Raiders, bro. Rest in peace to your dad. Thanks for the call, and rest in peace to Daryl LaMonica. And there's a lot of people up there. I was texting with the Bolitnikovs. The Raiders were up there. Charted a whole group of people that are up there. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And he died. He surprisingly passed away. No one expected him. This guy was in incredible shape his whole life. Uh, everybody expected Daryl LaMonica to be with us for a long time. So, again, when it happens, it happens. And the Raiders have pivoted to help the family, support the family up there. Uh, Fred Bolitnikov will join us Monday as we get ready for his golf tournament a week from this upcoming Sunday, Monday, the Bolitnikoff Hall of Fame Golf Classic. I think it's my 19th or 20th year emceeing it. It's something I'm really proud to be associated with for Tracy's Place of Hope. Uh, Fred Bolitnikoff's daughter, Tracy Bolitnikoff, was tragically murdered. Uh, they've developed more than one house, Tracy's Place of Hope, to take young girls who are at risk and raise money at these unbelievable banquets and galas so these women could have a safe place to get their lives back in order before they go on their journey. It's very important. It's one of the coolest things I'm involved with, and we do it for Freddie. So I hope uh, Raider Nation, a lot of, I saw the celebrity list for this thing. It's Vegas, baby. It's always big in the Bay Area, but everything's getting us a little bit more unique here, especially the entertainment and what we're going to be able to do. 702-365-9200. After the draft, post-draft, what is now the Raiders' biggest need Sense of urgency, Raider Day in Kentucky on the mobile app. Good to talk to you, JT. Um, I, I think absolutely, man. It, people, if you look at our defense, some people may say it's the line. You got two new tackles in there. Some people may say it's defensive backfield. And in free agency, we really were looking for a veteran um, DB to come in to help out this group. I believe it's really as a whole. I think it's the total defense and a new scheme. Mm-hmm. With major players, I think that that's going to be the that's going to let us know what this is this year is going to look like. That mm-hmm. defense, man. What do you think? Well, I know that's what I asked the question, but what what what's what is the position or the player that you, that you're most concerned about? I know I know where this defense is. I got the numbers in front of me from last year, but I'm asking everybody: What is your go-to urgent? Uh, the the one position group that's got to get one player in here to make this defense go. Defensive back. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for the phone call. It's not hard, guys and gals. 
Right, put out the bat light, the writer bat light to get some women involved too. It is, it is not difficult when I'm asking here. Now I have the depth chart in front of me. It's my depth chart. The Raiders aren't putting out their depth chart yet on the position group that you think will be upgraded on June 1st or in camp. And it's important. I don't think you have to do anything. I'm, I'm assuming no injuries. Let's do that. No injuries. The offensive line, they picked up a couple young offensive linemen in the draft who are supposed to be next guy up. So Parham's supposed to start. They took him in the third round, their first pick. He's got to play. I'm assuming start. I'm not looking at him to be worked in. He'll probably be worked in in camp, but I'm hoping for that opener. He's ready to go. And if not, he's really close to being ready to go. Then I think, and I'm assuming they're going to get another offensive lineman on a cutdown post-June 1st, a salary cutdown or something, and the Raiders are going to have to pounce and find a way to position some of the money they have to do a sharp move. I'm guaranteeing you that that's a priority and they're going to get someone. I just don't know who it's going to be. It's a crapshoot to think about that. And then finally, yeah, defensive back and linebacker. The problem, the problem with linebacker, a lot of linebackers get released because they're injured or they're a step slow and the team figures it out. They bring that linebacker back for one more year. They bring him to camp. That player plays in camp, uh, plays in some of the preseason, gets cut because the team says, you know, you're a step slower, half a step slower. And then would the Raiders take a player like that? Look, Perryman came in. I think Charger fans told me they had doubt with him, and they couldn't believe they wanted him back with the way he played in Las Vegas. That was an outstanding pickup. Evan and Marietta. We've had Monterey, Kentucky, and Marietta. Uh, is Vegas open today, or are the freeways closed? <laughs> Go ahead, my friend. You're up. Hey, JT. Thanks for the call. It's an easy question to answer. Jonathan Abram, he's missed 50% of the game since he's been drafted. He's gotten hurt. He's been burned a lot. I like I like him as a person. I hope he does well. I root for him. But definitely, we need to get help at safety. Absolutely, 100%. So you're fine with, you're, you're fine with Merrig. He, Merrig played well last year. I'm not going to say great. He didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he played at a very high level for the Raiders here. So you're good with Merrig and Jonathan Abrams on the clock for you. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it in there. I think uh, Jonathan Abram has got a lot to prove. Josh Jacobs. I thought Josh proved a lot to us last year. Uh, it's the first thing I'm going to ask him when he comes on here and talk about those final four games. Josh Jacobs will join us in an exactly one hour. So the run, running back for the Silver and Black will come on in here. He's promoting his youth football camp coming up here, and we want to help him with that. Whenever someone in the Raiders are doing something great in the community, uh, make sure you can help out with that, and we'll talk to Josh in an hour. I keep telling everyone how much I love Resorts World. Uh, they are a premium partner of ours. I go to 8 Lounge. I sit in the back room. I smoke a cigar. I'm taking my dad there for his 84th birthday. I'm taking my son for the first time on his 21st birthday there. And we're going to have a good time. So when you go to Resorts World, and there's so much to see there, head into the 8 Lounge, the cigar bar. You can sit inside, outside. Scott Sabella's vision for sports, cigars, premium cocktails, it's where I go and get my Remy Martin sidecar. I love it there. Uh, you'll find me at 8 on the weekends there inside Resorts World. When we come back, same thing. I'm wide open to the top of the hour. We'll go around the NBA. NBA players are starting to get old quick. You see James Harden? Huh. You think James, you know, how, many, you know how, many, how much money James Harden is losing every time he takes the court? He got old overnight. Overnight he got old. And we'll talk around the league. The Niners got some issues going on with Debo. 
Will that get resolved? We'll get into that next. It is fourth and eight. Fourth and eight from the Raiders 25. Bridgewater takes it back. Fires downfield. Covered. Ball over there on that side in a wrestling match for it. And it's Raiders, Raiders football. Raiders take it away. How about Hobbs? What a job back there. He came out of that pylon with the football. Nate Hobbs, the godfather, Brent Musburger on the call. Turn it up, Cinco de Mayo. Carlos Santana. Love to see Carlos in my neighborhood. Carlos is always in the hood. See him driving around and whenever he's doing a show. Had buddy see him in San Diego. He did a deal at Petco Park outside the park last week. And you'll catch Carlos. I would assume Mark Davis is going to have him back for entertainment. Remember that? Carlos? I, 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 I try to explain to people Legion Stadium. I've been there for Garth Brooks, the Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. One of the coolest things was when Carlos played. And everybody was sitting there rocking out to a Carlos Santana concert. So that was great, too. And uh, Carlos, Raider royalty. Uh, Speaking of Raider royalty, today is Daryl LaMonica's funeral up in the Clovis area. A lot of people there. A lot of Raiders there. A lot of Raider fans there. So think of Daryl LaMonica. And if you're joining us late, call to action today is what position group post-draft are you most concerned about either player or post-draft position that you think the Raiders have to post June 1st? Right after June 1st when there will be some availability. 702-365-9200. Ashley from Sam and Ash will join us coming up here in a little bit. We'll talk to her in her legal segment. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton at the top of the hour. In the next hour, Josh Jacobs, who has his youth football camp here, and we're going to help him promote that. A big story today broke, and Magic Johnson has joined the group that wants to buy the Denver Broncos. Whoa. And I said, very disappointing. I sent out that tweet today because he's a real Raider fan. He's a real Raider fan. I got some idiot on my timeline saying he's not a real Raider fan. Yeah, he is a real Raider fan. Go ask the Davis family, Mr. Davis, when he was alive, when Magic would be at the L.A. You know, Magic was everywhere, but at Magic in Oakland. When Magic would take the field in Oakland— which I saw him several times or even on the road. You know, there was one game that Magic was on the road when they were play- Raiders were playing the Jets. In New York, he happened to be in town. Magic, JIT, Raider fan, and he knows more Raiders, former Raiders, than anybody I know. So he's in this group now, according to several outlets. Joined the group bidding for the Broncos. Uh, he has partnered with 76ers co-owner Josh Harris. So, look, a lot of these guys can't afford it. This team's supposed to sell for over $4 billion. $4 billion. It is a big brand. I think the Raiders are a much better brand than the Broncos. I'm right on that. You can't tell a Bronco fan that. And Elway, Peyton Manning, and the success they've had with their Hall of Famers. The NFL's made a recent push to increase minority representation in ownership groups, issuing a league-wide statement last March. Quote, the NFL members' clubs support the important goal of increasing diversity among ownership. Accordingly, when elevating a prospective ownership group of a member club, according to league policies, the membership will regard it as a positive and meaningful factor if the group includes diverse individuals. Wow. 
So basically the league's saying if you got a couple of extra minority or high-profile candidates or whoever it is, you will get preference. That's from the league memo. It's not being taken out of context. So you bring Magic Johnson in there. He's the hammer. He's the closer. All of a sudden you got three groups that want to buy the team all close within, you know, a couple hundred million, and then you roll Magic in? Game, set, and match. So what do you think about that? Uh, it comes down to money in regards to which group offers the most of it. No NFL owner will want to take less than the best price. So this is a very complicated issue going on in Denver in regards to the money that they want with this trust as the family's breaking it up. After Mr. Boland died, if you go into the spaghetti bowl of family politics, same thing up in Seattle and in other franchises, it gets really complicated. Because there are members of the family who are like, I'm good. Can I get a, Can I get $600 million put into my checking account? I don't have to own the team. I'm not interested. And Denver, it's important. And again, if, if Russell Wilson's going to get a long-term contract extension, they got to figure out the ownership here. The new ownership group would like to have a big say in that going forward. But uh, Magic, Magic's getting trolled by some Raider fans today. How, how, how gutless are some of these social media people? Trolling Magic Johnson. Like, can you imagine going up to Magic Johnson at a bar, a restaurant, an airport, and trolling him? What would happen? Uh, and people, uh, people who, have, who have pictures of them with their little kids nestled up to them are trolling Magic Johnson for wanting to buy the Broncos. I don't know. I thought Peyton Manning would be in ownership there, too. It makes a lot of sense, man. It's like Peyton Manning never even played in Indy. He's on the side, court side of the Denver Nuggets games. He's everywhere in Denver. He's got a hospital with his name in Indianapolis. Incredible. We'll talk to Ashley from Sam and Ash. Top of the hour, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And Josh Jacobs in about 45 minutes. JT brought to you by Grimaldi's. Bar none. Best pizza I've ever had. Grimaldi's five locations in the Valley. We didn't have many on the roster to start with. <laughs> so I think part of it was just, you know, where where it was, you know, came in and, um, you know, Hank was an uh, unrestricted free agent and Quentin was an unrestricted free agent. You know, there was a lot of um, opportunity at that position. So I think just the combination of um, when we came in, what the depth chart looked like initially, and then just trying to take a few swings here, whether it be free agency, and then it happened to happen that way in the draft. You know, like I said, we're, you know, we're going to need some depth there in camp anyway. Uh, we're going to improve the competition at each position that we can. And uh, I think we've put a group in there that will do that now. Josh McDaniels on the defense. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. I have their fantastic website in front of me, salmonashlaw.com. There's video. There's a live chat. It explains everything to you. Ashley's kind enough to join us here and... Ash, what do you think of the draft and the sea of humanity and how Vegas pulled off that star-studded event? Oh, man, JT. Well, thanks for having me. And first of all, I am so proud of our city and how we put on a great event for NFL fans all over the country. It was just great seeing all the jerseys from people all over California, Florida, Chicago, supporting uh, the the draft experience. And I think we did a great job. And I, I feel sorry for the city that has to follow in our footsteps. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Kansas City and Detroit back-to-back. Uh, I got the takeaway that you can't do it every year here because if they did it, get old. People say, hey, I did it once, I did it twice, I'm not going to come back. But you make everybody want it more by doing it every two to three years. I think if they could get that on a three-year plan along with the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl being every four to five years, if we knew we had the draft and the Super Bowl on this decade rotation, getting both events twice, that'd be incredible. I agree, but one thing, we're different from every other uh, major city in the country in that we have so many different areas of our city where we could put the draft. I mean, if we did it next year, it wouldn't have to be in the same spot. We could come up with something totally different, a unique experience that would, I believe, draw a a routine repeat crowd. So, I don't know. Give it to us every year. Yeah, look at that. Ashley joins us, Sam and (laughs) Ash, because you deserve what's right. You are actually right about that because, you know, the stadium is such a big footprint to do stuff around there. And I know downtown didn't have much of a big presence other than the partying and the live streams and the shots that were down there. But just an incredible time, too. And I'm happy you brought up the fact that there were fans from all over. For all the Super Bowls I've covered, The Super Bowl is so lame at times with the corporate event. Like, at the game, it's not as many fans as the two teams are playing there. It's so corporate. It was just the opposite with the NFL draft. The parents with strollers, some older people, younger fans. It was like every demographic from every state. I saw license plates from all over. Yeah, yeah, you're right, JT. It's an approachable event. So much of it was free, no cost no barrier of entry where the Super Bowl, the tickets are outrageous. And so it does become too corporate. And that's one of the reasons I love all the minor league sports we have in our town, because the bear, the cost of the experience is so accessible for everyone. And so I love it. I was thinking of you the other day with my wife. One of my sons is back from college, and they laugh at my house when the phone rings. We have a landline still, right? It's important. I got two young kids. I have a landline. I'm I'm always going to have a landline. And when it rings, my son starts laughing because he knows I'm going to get after the person. So normally it's a realtor calling and asking me if I want to sell my house, and I pause. And then I ask him the name of the person, and I say, do I know you? And they go, well, no. I go, well, why would I ever sell my home through you? And I've never met you. Do you and then I start getting going. Do you not know me? Uh, my <laughs> friends know. I have like 30 realtors. What's it like when these attorneys start calling? Attorney solicitation, something that you don't do, but I'm hearing about this more and more. Oh, my gosh, JT. You're absolutely right. It's something that happens so often in our town and the the thing that everyone needs to know is that if a lawyer calls you after an accident they're already breaking ethical rules and that's not how you should start any type of professional relationship you have just been through through something significant life-altering you need to do your own research take time to figure out which law firm fits your needs if someone recommends a lawyer they used or a family member used great but still do your own research and but definitely if a law firm calls you that's a non-starter that's not good yeah put her on hold i want to get her on a cleaner phone line we're losing that line any second that's a really important point go to salmonashlaw.com salmonashlaw.com my personal injury lawyers they'll do everything to take the pressure off of you because when someone does you wrong you deserve what's right. And, again, there's a lot of interaction on their website. You should just have it. You're going to need it. And as Ashley talked about, uh, solicitation. So you hear that about attorneys and reputations in general. So, actually, that's how some of these law firms get that 
re- reputation of being an ambulance chaser. I didn't know the legalities around that. If you get injured in an accident that, that you shouldn't be receiving calls from attorneys, how does that work again? Yeah, so if a lawyer reaches out to you right after an accident and you've not contacted them at any point, that's not good. They're breaking ethical rules mm. right off the start, and that's you want to enter a professional relationship. Do your own research. Make sure you're finding a lawyer that matches your values, and that's critical. And unfortunately, too often we hear about these law firms that are have you know these uh, kickback deals with tow trucks, ambulances, et cetera, wow. doctors' offices. It's terrible. Um, so if someone recommends a law firm, that's great. But still, do your own research. Make sure that their values align with you, because I don't want anyone out there to become a victim. Uh, more than once. The accident you went through, the injuries you're experiencing are bad enough. Don't let a lawyer that has solicited you uh, do anything worse to you. So that's happening a lot in this town. So lawyers have connections with doctors, tow truck companies. Uh, Bobby's pointing at me screaming, tow truck companies. I wasn't aware of that. I see tow trucks lined up at night ready for these accidents there. And some of these guys are texting attorneys or gals. Yeah, absolutely. It's wow. unreal what what goes on in this town. And look, I, I I just urge people do your own research, take a deep breath. If what you've been through is significantly traumatic and you're in a really emotional state, pause and make sure you find the right attorney and law firm for you. Don't let them chase you down. That's not right. Salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. All right, so my wife's out of town. She's out on a girls' trip, and I'm home, and it's Cinco de Mayo, and I'm off tonight. So, what is the? What are, are you a Cinco de Mayo gal? Will you mix in a margarita today where you normally wouldn't have it? Maybe a tequila with lemon on the rocks. What's your go-to on Cinco de Mayo? Oh, great question, JT. <laughs> I, you know what? I love a great tequila and soda with a lime. That's clean. It's refreshing. But today at lunch, I was at Esther's, and I couldn't resist. Oh. Uh, they had some uh, Lucha Ligre d- drink, and it was tequila-based, but uh, fabulous. You cannot go wrong. Have fun. Be safe. Uh, do not drink and drive. I always say that. If you're going out to have fun, Uber. Uh, get a ride share, a designated driver, but enjoy the town. There's a lot to do tonight. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. We'll send everybody to the website, to the phone number. Thank you so much. Thanks, JT. There's Ashley from Sam and Ash. They're great. They're just good people. I trust them a lot, our personal injury attorneys. We have the Sam and Ash text line. We have everything we do with them here in studio, and we greatly appreciate that. Mac in L.A. today, man, man. We are all over the country today. Good to listen. Thanks for listening, Mac. What's happening? Hey, not much, JT. How you doing, man? Doing good, hey, thanks. Hey, JT, so funny. I got that same call. You got uh, one of them um, by my house. And I told him, I said, well, you, if you have a million dollars in cash um, <laughs> and you can bring it, let's do it. Let's make the deal. I get that same call, JT. That's so funny. Hey, JT, quick question for you. I, I love the interview with, uh, um, with the GM. Yep, Dave today. Ziegler. Dave Ziegler. I think we're going in a direct in the right direction. I've been a Raider fan over 40-some years mm-hmm. and been through good and through bad. But here's the biggest thing, I, you know, with that wallet trade and all that other stuff that was going around, just these rumors. But the the problem I have, JT, is that these, these people still don't respect us, ESPN mm-hmm. and the rest of these guys. And I know you guys said just do it, just play on the field. But it, it's just how you put the Chargers in front of us when we beat them to get to the playoffs, they didn't even make the playoffs, and they, I mean they like in love with the with the with the Chargers and all these other guys. But my main thing I want to talk, ask, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll let you go on this one, JT, 
hey, JT, I know uh, what's his name, um, Trayvon Mullen, was, you know, I had a little minor surgery. Yep. We need to bring in another linebacker and another. Uh, I know everybody's concentrating on the O line, which which we, is our number one priority. Mm-hmm. But we need a linebacker that's going to make a difference in a, another corner. I do not think Trayvon Mullen is a starter. I think he's a backup yeah. at, at best. We need to bring in a veteran in uh, in the upcoming uh, in June first and go from there. But yeah. I appreciate you, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate you too listening. I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Completely. I, I mean, I'm looking at what they're they're trying to do. There's there's no linebackers available now. They didn't get Bobby Wagner. They tried KJ Wright last year, and KJ Wright clearly lost a half a step. He wasn't the player he was in Seattle, and he's he's Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, KJ Wright is Hall of Fame worthy if you look at his resume. He's not Bobby Wagner, who ended up with the Rams. And Ian Rappaport reported earlier today, and I was not shocked to see this, but you ask about the Chargers. Chargers are all in. Uh, reported today by Ian Rappaport, the Chargers have loaded up on deep men's this offseason. Patriots veteran free agent linebacker Kyle Van Noy is meeting with the Chargers. If all goes well, he should sign, and that'll be in addition to Brandon Staley's defense. That also got Khalil Mack and Mr. Interception in the backfield. So they're, they're loading up that defense. Chargers are loading up their defense. Derwin James is back there. We know what they can do. And they have the best, arguably best young quarterback. A lot of people have been asking me to clarify what I mean by best young quarterback. I'll clarify it. I think that Justin Herbert is the best young quarterback in all of football. I would take him over, you know, Josh Allen, him and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's on a better team, but the Chargers are coming. I just think Herbert, I'd have him over Josh Allen, and I'd have him over Joe Burrow. That's just me because I've seen him play twice. I, I think Herbert is insanely good. And the Raiders are matching up defense to go after him and Mahomes. He and Mahomes that you have to find a way. And now Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a future Hall of Famer. If Russell Wilson's career ends today, you're talking about Hall of Fame. He's that good over a period of time. So the Raiders are going to have their hands full on defense, and they know that. We all know that, and they're not done. Ivan in Oakland. Thanks for listening in the biggity, biggity oh, the town. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call, JT. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I just want to talk about uh, the running attack that we're getting ready to have. Uh, I don't think that Josh Jacobs is, is going anywhere. Okay, the back him and that back from Georgia is going to create an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Okay, for defenses. I mean, you got. I mean, think about this for a minute. You got Josh Jacobs, who's already physical. Okay, pounding on you, pounding on you, and pounding on you. And all of a sudden, you bring this guy in, Zeus, late in the game. You ain't got nothing left on defense, and all of a sudden, you got to make you got to make a business decision if you want to hit this man. He comes at you four three, two hundred and something pounds, right into your chest at the on the fourth quarter, and you, and you got to stop that. Okay, it's and a nice so luxury to have. Is, it's a nice luxury to have. And Josh Jacob, you know, I didn't I didn't catch any trade rumors. I didn't notice any trade rumors out there, but you would have th- you would have thought the phone would have been re- ringing there. And this team is this team's got a lot. I'm looking at the depth chart and the thanks for the call at the running back position. There are too many. It's, it's someone's got to go. Zamir White, Kenyon Drake, Brandon Bolden, uh, Brown comes in, Trey Regis, Josh Jacobs, and they're not going to carry all these running backs. Everybody, period. 
Jacob Johnson at fullback. They, they have plenty at that position. The question is, what will the rotation be? And I think as of now, you got to look back at the guy who carried the ball last year and Josh Jacobs. But if stranger things happened, absolutely. I think that Josh should be the starting running back here. I'm not the head coach. Zamir White could come into this and just take over the league. He could take over the league if he gets opportunities to play if he's that good. They think he is. That's why they took him so high. Josh Jacobs in 35 minutes, everyone. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, the franchise, at the top of the hour. Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Raiders, brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m.